Hello listeners, another edition of Off The Map, a big edition this week with the Golden Slipper of course, five Group 1s, uh, nine races, hopefully we can point you in the right direction as far as mapping these races, Lee Dalton joins me on the phone, big meeting Lee, can't wait. Good morning Brad, it's a terrific meeting, uh, as I said to you last week, the Slipper and the Everest have been the two maps that I've always really not struggled with, but felt the pressure of um, uh, getting things as close to right as you possibly can, so these are they're grand final days of sorts. They are for all all involved, be it stewards, jockeys, trainers. Um, you want to do everything right on the big days. It's not saying that you let the other days go by, but these days when everyone's watching and you just want 100% on the ball and get as much right as we can. All right. We'll, we'll touch on the Golden Slipper a little bit later. We'll go race book order. We'll start with race one, the Derby Munro. Now, there's a question mark over Cosmic Force here. He's the first emergency in the galaxy uh, with a few punters sweating on him getting a run there because he is hard in the market. If he doesn't run there, uh, he's a favourite in this race. And you in the map at the moment, you've got Sangria uh, just tucking in behind. Of course, she's scratched, so you can take her out. Does that leave a spot for, for Cosmic Force to potentially slot in behind these leaders? It probably does. We have Splintex, who led last time out around Rose Hill over 1,100 metres and went really well. There'll be positive ride there from Dual and Barrier 2. I think the Victorian visitor, uh, Hawker Hurricane, from a good draw can sit up outside the lead. Cosmic Force may be able to push the, the, the button a little bit more and get across outside the lead, and Hawker would hand up. It's hardly a dead-set speed machine, but I would think that Boss would be saying, with the 59 kilos, let's try and tuck in behind these two leaders and get that nice little trailing spot. But there's going to be plenty of pressure towards the front. Even California Zimble, uh, go back to the thoroughbred club, uh, at Group 3 level at Caulfield back in the spring was able to lead and beat Loving Gabby so from Barrier 6 you're not going to be able to just put up dollar out of the way it's going to be it's going to be game on early there OK and Dawn Passage is obviously a horse that contrary to a lot of the stable instructions obviously Gabe Wardhouse and Adrian Bott generally like the horses ridden forward uh, he'll probably find himself back because that's his general pattern yeah, midfield to back. Barrier one gives him a chance to hold his spot midfield. But yeah, the majority of punters would look and see the trials, see Tim Clark, Waterhouse Bot, and assume that it's going to be up there pushing the envelope early. But uh, even before Dawn Passage went for a spell, it was a change of tactics to be ridden more conservatively in the Golden Rose from Barrier eight of eight. Barrier one today, you can probably envisage can hold a spot midfield. Uh, Dirty Work's probably the other one from a map point of view. Uh, we'll have to go back here off the draw. Has raced forward in that first preparation in races like the Roman Console, but uh, wide barrier this day will generally mean to come back and find some cover. Alrighty, uh, moving across to the Manion Cup, 2400 metres, Mugatu is a really firm favourite here. I'll ask you firstly about Young Rascal, uh, an international there. What do we do with him map-wise? Uh, yes, well, obviously I've got him mapped midfield at the moment. First up, 2400. Uh, an aggressive rider in Tom Marquand engaged. Frankie Dottori rode uh, Young Rascal over in the Hong Kong bars at the most recent start in December and wasn't great away from the barriers and sort of sh shot across behind them and managed to find a spot midfield. Uh, then you go back, ran in some smaller sort of fields at Kempton Park and Newmarket and Newbury. I wouldn't imagine he's going to be in the first three here. That's my safe bet. But at the same time, won't be going all the way back with your get-back horses like Yogi, Primitivo and Red Cardinal engaged here. So looking to find a spot midfield, I'd imagine. OK, well, as far as the speed in this race goes, fun fact is running in at Albury uh, today as we record it. So he won't be there, which probably leaves Wugok to get a pretty cosy time. Now, you've got this marked as an averaged early tempo. With fun fact presumably coming out, 
where does that leave it? Do we go back we'll to be, slow? Absolutely go back to slow without fun fact there. Like, if fun fact was engaged in this race, I could see fun fact leading out by four, five, six lengths. But obviously going in, the, in another direction, you leave Wugok to go forward. The chosen one gets the blinkers again. Probably settled a bit closer than what a lot thought first up, but Nash took the, um, the race on early. Different rider here, Damien Lane. Most of the chosen one's form was to get back, and I did map the chosen one back first up, but showed there has the ability to race forward. Blinkers, again, I, I think just has to follow Wugok across. Uh, think it over, 2400's a completely new ball game, but a good draw. Can be iffy at the barriers, but if Think Over was to step, could be there. And the horse you spoke about earlier, Muggatu, uh, definitely won't be that far away. Like we saw at the first two starts in Australia, Muggatu go right back and be ridden really uh, cold early. In the Canberra Cup, showed a bit more tactical speed from a good barrier and drawn well here. I'd, I'd say Muggatu is going to be up running in the first four here quite easily. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what to do with what Karen does with, with Muggatu because he did say after that Canberra Cup win that. He gave him a little dig just to, to see if he could find a spot, and he was a little bit keen in the early stages. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see where he settles in the run, but you've got him just tucked in behind the leaders, and if he does drop his head from there, you'd think he'd be very hard to beat. It could be all over a long way out. All right, moving across to race three, the opponent stakes uh, for the Mares over the 1,900 metres. Now, the map here does look pretty cut and dry, so you've got Missy Beale punching up from one, and we know Graceful Glamour. Uh, I've seen enough of her to know that she generally rolls forward. Correct. They'll, they'll settle down one, two. It is an interesting one. We have Tim Clark, who won on Graceful Glamour so impressively at Caulfield in the mannerism. Uh, I don't know if he's jumping off or what you might say, but now he goes on to Missy Beale, another leading type. Uh, he obviously knows Graceful Glamour inside out. It's uh, just a matter of his sort of intent early, whether he thinks, yes, I can hold out this Graceful Glamour, or I know very well that I can't, so I need to take a sit and let Graceful Glamour cross over and lead. Yep, Love Lover is the one that's probably going to have to be ridden conservatively from the wide draw. I think from barrier 13 and especially barrier 12, beg your pardon now with the scratching, um, with the fast tempo, I think Love Lover's got to go back, uh, possibly have a couple behind horses like on the white turf and co, but yeah, definitely got to go a fair way back. Uh, the interesting one here I thought was Killer Instinct, who we saw win so impressively at the Kenzo track going back earlier in this preparation on New Year's Day. Uh, on that occasion, Drew Barrier won over 1,800, then jumped around with the distances a bit, back to 14, up to 16, now gets back to the optimum trip and draws a better barrier after drawing Barrier 11 and Barrier 12 at uh, her last two starts. So I expect Killer Instinct a fair bit closer here. Uh, just really quickly before we move on, Gayatri, I know you've got settled midfield I think most people have, would have her pegged as a, a little bit of a backmarker I know we saw on occasions last campaign she did race handy and outside the lead in one of her races first up she was ridden cold had no luck whatsoever but here midfield take us through your thoughts there well, I thought midfield Chris Waller doesn't like to waste good barriers and uh, even with the fast tempo he t he'll be telling them to come out neutral but there's quite a few there that I'm pretty sure Gayatri got much more speed than such as Mrs. Madrid and Alfirius, Savakul. Their horses are going to have to go back further. And just by default from that good draw, uh, Gayatri should be able to find a spot around midfield here without as big a task as what we saw first up. All right, moving across to the Group 1, Ranvit. Now, I imagine this was one of the hardest races to map with any great deal of confidence because it certainly did my head in. Now the way you've landed is Norway leading, uh, the import that's on debut here in Australia for Chris Waller. Very elegant outside the lead, 
And this import, Adabe, or not import, I should say, international runner, Adabe, uh, just tucking in behind. So take us through how you went about mapping this one. I just found with Adabe, um, obviously a really high-class uh, international visitor that we've got here. Uh, some of those races at Ascot and uh, York have been really proper, proper races. I, I just found when I went back and looked at those runs, there seems a fair amount of intent to find cover on this horse. And, and that doesn't mean go back to last to find cover. That could mean one out, one back, or just slide in behind the two leaders early on and I think that's the spot they'll initially look for here but that's also going to mean a few other things are going to have to go right as in two horses are going to have to take up the speed here and the two that we've mapped in front are clear from um, not leaders of any real note. Norway's led on occasions overseas but it wasn't uh, probably the, the preferred racing pattern and we've seen two trials got a fair way back very elegant last time probably ran her career best for quite a while. I know she won the Hill Stakes back in the spring, but I thought that Chipping Norton run behind Chiaco Shark was her best since probably the Oaks. Uh, began McDonald was... Uh, McDonald's a world-class rider, so when they come out uh, quite well, he's happy to sum the race up and make a decision from there. And I dare say, if she jumps as well as that again, he'll be really positive here. With Avilius, um, is there any chance that he is the one that takes up that young star spot? just right in behind the leaders. I know that Huey Bowman's a bit of a master tactician when it comes to these trappy little races. Is there a chance that Avilius is a lot closer than we normally see? Uh, look, I thought by putting Avilius midfield with a couple behind, I was sort of covering my bases. But we have seen Hugh, especially this prep, uh, on um, Elisa, use good barriers and be right behind them on a horse that a lot of people had stamped as a get-back type. So I wouldn't say it's impossible, but we just saw Youngstar last time when the blinkers went on from a good draw, was able to hold a spot. And again, she probably ran as well as we've seen for quite some time, ridden in that manner. So I just don't think that Waller will want to waste that draw, whereas Bowman is a bit more relaxed and let Avilia settle down. And yeah, look, could, could be running fourth, fifth, quite easily. We'll have a couple behind Avilius for sure. Alright. The George Ryder Stakes, Tiago Shark, the even money favourite, he's going to be the one that's out the back again. His draw certainly dictates that. But I found uh, Super Seth an interesting runner here. Obviously brings that three-year-old form. Ran well against the older horses last time, but he's pretty versatile. So what did you do with him as far as mapping him? I just thought had to go back with Dreamforce and Spend drawn inside of him, the Bostonian, Brandenburg, even Happy Clapper drawn inside of him. I just didn't find a spot there for them to be remotely positive. Uh, we have seen in two runs back, both in small fields around Caulfield from Good Barriers, has been right on the speed. But go back to uh, the springtime in the in the Guineas Prelude and uh, even the Danehill, obviously over slightly shorter trips, uh, got well back, especially in that Guineas Prelude from Barrier 14 or 15. It was just a, a really, really strong run. Uh, I don't think they'll see it as a negative going back here and making their run probably want to know where Tiako Shark is in the run. Well, they're going to be back there together. and. Uh, when you go, I go, and vice versa. Okay, and Pat Webster, the trainer of Happy Clapper, has come out during the week and, and pretty much indicated that they'll be riding him a lot more patiently than they did last start. Of course, he was outside the lead in the Chipping Norton, outside of Dreamforce, but given that, he's probably likely to, to find himself midfield here. I'd say midfield. Didn't have much option last time. Barrier 9, uh, second up 1,600. If they didn't go forward there, there was never going to be a day to go forward, so... Look, the change of tactics came through. It was the, the right move in that race. Uh, 
obviously ran well enough, beaten just over two lengths, but I think going to probably appreciate a little bit more speed here and being able to tuck in just sort of midfield and uh, I suppose he, he could be the first one to go and then Super 7 Tiako Shark make the moves next. Alright, now the Rose Hill Guineas. Now this was a head-scratcher for me. So you've got <laughs> you've got Prince Farwise leading. So how did you come to that conclusion? It was a process of elimination more than anything. As everyone that listens would know, I've been hell-bent on the holy one leading these races, the lead-up races to this, and continued to have issues at the start. And then along came the holy one last time and got out the back, missed the start, and went absolutely enormous. So I said, well, I'm penning any thoughts of it ever leading again because it just went far too good from back in the field. Uh, it does have a rider change with Nash going on, an aggressive rider, but I still think they stick to that let's get back and sum the race up and run on because it just went so well. I then looked and your other leading chances appeared to be Reloaded and Pancho. Well, I'm pretty sure the stable would be more content to have a bunny for them to chase. So we're running out of options for the lead. Warring, obviously, we had suggested would be a lot closer last time and drawn barrier one here will no doubt be thereabouts. Uh, Sherwood Forest is back from a derby trip over 2,400 to 2,000 but has shown enough speed to be forward here. And then you get to Prince Farwas, who before this prep trialled quite well and showed a fair bit of speed in those trials. Drew really well first two runs back, barrier one and barrier two, but potentially that wasn't actually drawing well. I think from barrier nine, it gives Adam Hieronymus more of a chance to come out and work his way across slowly as opposed to being having to dig up from barriers one or two. And I, Adam Hieronymus is a terrific rider at getting them out of the barriers and putting them onto the speed. And I think that's what could happen here with Prince for Was. That's my theory. And what does the map look like for the favourite, Shadow Hero? Much the same as last time. He was able to overcome that. Uh, running on from the sort of midfield position. Slightly worse draw here today, so you have to think that Shadow Hero will more likely be where Castel Vecchio was last time and vice versa. Um, and then the other chances in the race, like uh, Warning, obviously a little bit closer, Reloaded a bit closer. Chenny Air has to go back from the draw, so look, the ones going back are going to need a little bit to go right. I'm not sure what to make of Chains of Honour, and that's one I've got jotted down here in our notes to check with uh, Gerald Ryan tomorrow. Blinkers go back on, uh, obviously stays at the 2,000 metres, but I'm sure they want to be a little bit closer than last time. Yeah, so I should have said at the top there that you've got this pegged as a slow early tempo, which is a bit of a theme for these three-year-old lead-ups, hasn't it? We saw the Hobartville, uh, pretty much the same crop of horses. Dawdle, the same again for the Randwick Guineas, was a sprint home, and, and this you've got no different. No, we, we really need microphones going around in these races to ensure they go to genuine clip. Microphone drawn in 14 would be lovely in this race to <laughs> sort of make it a bit more easier for the map maker. All righty. Golden slipper time. So I guess the question straight off the bat is how easily or how hard is it going to be for Hugh Bowman to get across on Farnham? Well, I think Hugh Bowman gets across on Farnham. That's not a drama. I don't think Hugh Bowman leads on Farnham, however. Uh, I think uh, the Victorian visitor, Mildred, gets a real aggressive ride from that outside barrier and comes across and takes it up with Tagaloa, a lot closer today. Uh, got back in the field last time. Michael Walker was questioned by stewards as to uh, that riding manner that he settled a bit further back than anticipated. And he basically said he summed up the race. There was a couple of change of tactics to go forward and he was happy to come back go back to the Blue Diamond uh, he had it right up on speed and I think that'll be the plan here again from a good draw uh, Look, the one you just do not know with is uh, Mam Mama Ragan, the John Thompson uh, Colt who obviously won the Skyline uh, 
drawn barrier one, Nashville Willer, there's not enough evidence to say that he won't kick through here and be sharing the lead as well after they settle down. So I think this will allow a line of three, if not four, and Bowman can slot in just behind it in a stalking role. Okay, and Minaj, uh, is it looking a little, a little bit trappy for her, drawn out where she is? It probably is. Uh, I don't know if she's got the speed to hold out Farnham when he pushes across, so I thought might be in a tr- the next line behind Farnham there for those that download the maps um, from the Racing New South Wales website. I've got Manaz just behind Farnham with Mildred, obviously the more forward of those three. And are you pretty confident that this will be run at a fast tempo? We've seen the past couple of years, Kiyomichi and Estajab have just found the front and led from start to finish. Uh, I so clearly remember mapping up the Estajab slipper and going, oh, gee, I've doubles in some trouble here. Like, it's drawn wide. They need to go forward on it. And they jumped out and everyone just sat there and looked at each other and Abdullah slotted across and away you go. So, look, I think with Mildred drawn so wide, um, Farnham obviously a, a fancy type drawn out there, there shouldn't be any... Um, hesitation early from those drawn inside to really kick up and make sure that those fancied runners like Farnham and Minaj work early. Okay, so if you do like something from back in the field, uh, the map certainly looks conducive to at least being allowed to run on, like a horse like Hungry Heart, which I'll touch on quickly because I do note that you've got her a little bit closer here. I don't think she is one-dimensional and and it's encouraging to see that you have got her just off midfield there. Definitely not one-dimensional. Went back last time, drew 7 of 7 in the Sweet Embrace. Drawn five here can definitely hold a spot midfield and be just on the back of horses like Dame Giselle, Prague, away game. Uh, yeah, I think Hungry Heart midfield quite comfortably. Okay. All right, the last race we'll look at is the Group 1 Galaxy. Uh, in your map here, you've got Splintex and Cosmic Force in there, so certainly take note of that punters if they do come out. Uh, that said, if they are scratched, there's still no shortage of speed. No, it'll be a fast tempo regardless. Uh very rare that we see a galaxy that's not. Jungle Edge, I think, can lead from Barrier 7 um, back up to 1,100 metres after the run of 1,000 last time. Splintex, Cosmic Force and Ahid. Uh, Miss Leonardo's drawn one kicking up. Uh, Savitiano show is back in trip here, but I don't think they'll be wasting the good draw and be right behind the speed. More pressure from Faseca drawn very wide. And even Tofane, I, I, I may have mapped uh, my Peroni's horse a pair further back than what I should have there. Uh, with 51 kilos, it could be a really positive ride there on Tofane with no surprise. Okay, so Savitiano just gets that lovely little tuck in behind. So punters out there that like her, it's a nice looking map. It maps perfectly for Savitiano. Uh, Oliver taking over, he generally comes up here and manages to get some of the spring spoils. So... Yeah, I think the map's perfect for Savitiano. The other two, to quickly touch on, Pirata and Kemantari. Just give us a quick thought on both of those. I think Kemantari at, at 1,100 metres in a fast-run race beat the speed straight out the back. Pirata, I thought, could hold a spot around midfield with a horse like God of Thunder and uh, Madame Rouge all around that midfield sort of clump there. Uh, Pirata, I think, is a lot more um, flexible than what a lot of people give Pirata credit for and definitely could hold a spot midfield here not from a great draw but a fair draw in this perfect that'll see us out thanks lee wonderful brad thank you very much